Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. As weeks go on with investigations like this, and this turned into months, there is a real fire burning to find out what's happened. The poor dog walker saw, saw a sock and realised what he'd found. Hello, my name is Simon Toyne and I spend an awful lot of time thinking about the best way to kill people and get away with it. But don't worry, my murderous thoughts only go as far as the pages of my books and the occasional podcast because I am a crime writer, not a psychopath. I'm also the presenter of the CBS reality television series Written in Blood, and this is the companion podcast. Here you'll get all the additional content, behind-the-scenes insights to the cases we feature and the authors we meet. This is the sixth podcast in the series, so hopefully by now you've watched the television episode, and if not, I suggest you tune into that first and then have a listen to this podcast. That way you'll avoid any spoilers and find out about the story in the same way that I did. In this episode, I'm joined by crime writer Ellie Griffiths. Now, Ellie lives quite close to me on the south coast of England, and her Dr. Ruth Galloway series of novels are set in Norfolk. So I was surprised when she arranged to meet me in Leeds to tell me about the true story that inspired her to write a novel. This was one of those episodes where I knew absolutely nothing about the case beforehand, which meant I learned everything during the course of filming the episode. It's a story about a schoolgirl who goes missing, the mysteries surrounding the discovery of her body months later, and the emergence of a killer who is definitely amongst the most chilling and unnerving of anyone I've investigated. But before we explore the story further, let's find out a little bit more about Ellie Griffiths. I started writing under my real name, which is Domenica De Rosa, which sounds completely made up, I know, but it's my real name. It's Italian, I'm half Italian. And I'd written four books kind of about Italy and families and, and, and that so sort of in that category, sometimes awfully known as women's fiction. Um, and then I had the idea for The Crossing Places and Andy, my husband, had just given up a, a city job to retrain as an archaeologist. And that had given me um, an inspiration and, and a, a need to earn some money. Um, so I sort of had an idea about writing about a forensic archaeologist. Didn't even at first realise that they were crime. Um, but, but when I wrote the first one, you know, The Crossing Places, my agent said to me, oh, she said, uh, this is crime. You need a crime name. So that's how I became Ellie Griffiths. Inspiration. You can't wait for inspiration. Inspiration can come at the end. 
So I would write whether I was having a good day or a bad day. And do you know what? You can't really tell from the writing. I, I, I think if it's sort of your job, you do write every day. You do, you do write every day. So certainly I wouldn't be put off if I didn't feel like it. I'd still do it. I do really like the editing process. I've got a great editor. It's called Jane Wood and she's edited, edited all my books. Um, and I do really like that process when you go back into the book and maybe expand certain bits and cut other bits. I do really like that bit. But I think probably my favourite bit is when you're sometimes the, the setup, you know, the beginning's good. You've, you've come up with great energy and you think, wow, why has no one else had this idea? You know, what will I wear for the Booker Prize ceremony? Don't want to have the same thing on as Hillary. Um, you know, then chapter two and three, you think, oh my goodness, who's going to read this? And they have to sort of power through that. So I really like, I really like the writing process when I'm over halfway and I can see the end and I'm going downhill and not, I hope not going downhill literally, but you know what I mean? Can see the finish line. That's what I like. Ellie has managed to inhabit a very specific niche within the crime writing world that blends the traditional police procedural with a specialism, in her case, the work of forensic archaeologists. Her main character, Dr Ruth Galloway, is fictional, but very much based on real-life experts who divide their time between assisting the police in criminal investigations and more traditional archaeological work. Ruth is a forensic archaeologist. Uh, she lives on a beautiful but quite desolate part of the North Norfolk coast and she teaches at an entirely made up university called the University of North Norfolk. Um, and she's called in by the police when bones are found on the marshland near her house. And uh, the police think that might be that of a child who's gone missing, but they actually turn out to be over 2,000 years old. But then Ruth is drawn into the investigation and into a very complicated relationship with the policeman, DCI Harry Nelson. She's not your glamorous um, sort of crime protagonist, really. Um, some, some women in crime, not all, you know, they tend to run 20 miles for breakfast and cook a gourmet meal and look gorgeous throughout it all. And everyone in the, in the whole book, including, you know, including the murderer, falls in love with them. I mean, Ruth's not like that at all. She's overweight. She's not glamorous, determinedly not glamorous. She's quite solitary. She loves her cat. She loves her own company and she loves her work. So I think people have, that's really um, struck a chord with readers actually, it's, it's been very nice. With the Ruth book certainly location comes first and what happened with the first book was that uh, my husband Andy's an archaeologist and we were walking across Titchwell Marsh which is a beautiful um, but again a little bit desolate uh, part of the North Norfolk coast, it's a bird sanctuary. So walking along there and Andy said that prehistoric man thought that prehistoric people thought that marshland was sacred because it's neither land nor sea but something in between and as soon as he said that the entire plot of the crossing places came to me so really that's what started it that the sort of sense of a place having been sacred for thousands and thousands of years so that's really where my ideas start usually with with an archaeological idea or a place In real life, the police call on support from all kinds of specialists, not only to help gather evidence, but also to help them interpret it. These are specialists like archaeologists, toxicologists, pathologists, behavioural analysts, entomologists. I mean, it's a whole world of highly trained professionals who frequently bring their knowledge to bear in aid of police investigations. 
Uh, but in this particular case, uh, the police were initially stumped. The victim, a 16-year-old girl called Leanne Tiernan, had gone missing close to her home on a November evening. Initially, it was treated as a missing person, although, as the detective who led the case, Chris Gregg, explained, concerns for Leanne's safety were high right from the get-go. Alarm bells were ringing from the off because of the circumstances, how Leanne had disappeared. It was a, you know, a dark, uh, late November evening. Uh, Leanne hadn't been missing before. Uh, she was 16. She, was, she had a boyfriend who was you know, in, a, in a first relationship. She'd been uh, to church that morning with her grandmother, whom she went regularly with, and she was in a happy mood. You know, the police who took that initial call, they recognised this was out of the ordinary. And um, you know, they were throwing pretty much the kitchen sink at it from that very first night. But the police can only do so much when the only thing they have to go on is a last sighting. And although they may have a hunch that something bad may have happened, if there's not a single shred of evidence or suspect to support that, it's very hard to move an investigation forward. In episode one of this series, I examined the honour killing of Banaz Mahmood, a young girl who also went missing. But in her case, there were suspects. Members of her family had previously threatened her, so police put them under surveillance, and through that, they eventually gathered enough evidence to locate the victim's body and convict the killers. But in this case, they had no suspect. There was no one close to Leanne who looked remotely suspicious, and a thorough review of all the known offenders, sex offenders, and possible persons of interest who lived in the area turned up plenty of names, but no new leads. Leanne disappeared in Huffley Gill area of Bramley on a late November afternoon. We start in Huffley Gill, Bramley and work outwards. When she wasn't found, the ante is up. You know, this is raising the ante now and the concern. History was telling us at that time that every day that goes by, every hour that goes by, it's less likely that she's going to be found safe and well. Where was she? If she's been killed, where is she? What's happened to her? And this was something we were living with every single day. And it was burning away what's happened to her. So, having exhausted every single avenue of inquiry and drawn nothing but blanks, the police had no choice but to try and keep the unsolved case in the news and on people's minds. And then they had to wait. The breakthrough finally came nine months later, when someone walking their dog found Leanne's body part buried in woods 20 miles to the north of where she'd disappeared. But it quickly became clear that the body had only recently been dumped there. So where had it been for those past nine months? I'll let former Detective Superintendent Chris Gregg fill you in on one of the most extraordinary revelations from this whole series. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Leanne's body was encased in 10 bin liners, the green ones, the heavy duty plastic ones. She was top and tail like a Russian doll. Whoever had put her in the plastic bin liners had put her in, tied one bin liner, tied it with a twine, a black twine, and then put another bin liner the other way, like a Russian dog, tied that with twine, and so on and so forth, 10 times. The pathologist who was um, undertaking the examination felt in fact that Leanne's body had possibly been frozen. Now this to us was absolutely unimaginable, that somebody could have kept Leanne's body somewhere and had her frozen for nine months. And even the test that we did later um, concluded that she'd been more likely than not frozen in a domestic freezer rather than an industrial one. You know, it was coming down to that level of detail. So we're now thinking she'd been kept in somebody's house, which just seemed absolutely, you know, impossible to to imagine in in many respects. Now this is where this true case starts to sound more like fiction. Crime writers spend a lot of time coming up with exotic ways of killing people and disposing of their bodies. But in real life, murder tends to be much more straightforward. Yet here we have a situation that is nothing short of macabre. So now the police have their break. They have a body with all the possible forensic evidence it may contain. They also know for certain they're looking for someone not only capable of killing, but also organised enough and calculating enough to store the body in a way that made sure the police would never find it. So what changed? Why, after nine months, did the killer suddenly decide to dump the body in woodland where it was much more likely to be found? Did they perhaps want it to be found? Were they taunting the police by giving them confirmation of their crime just at the point when the case was going cold? Or was it something else entirely, something more practical and altogether more chilling? Maybe the real reason the body appeared at this time was because after nine months, the killer had tired of his trophy and was making room for another one. 
Again, when writing crime fiction, you constantly think about how a body might be disposed of, or a crime concealed, because if you don't do it convincingly, the crime will be too easy to solve and the books will be very short. Ideally, what you want is to give your criminal the almost perfect method of committing and concealing a crime, one that looks like they're going to get away with it until either the genius of your detective, or fate, or sometimes both, throws something up that forces the killer to show their hand. And then they get caught. Thankfully, in this case, that is exactly what happened. The dog collar we found was manufactured by Armitages in Nottingham. Hundreds of thousands were manufactured. So with the dog collar, which is one of lots of inquiries ongoing, to start with, you think, right, well, if detectives go to a, a pet shop in Leeds, and we knew there were, say, 30 or 40 pet shops in Leeds, and say, have you sold a dog collar, an Armitages tan dog collar? They're going to say, yes. The next question is, who to? They'll say, I don't know. Unless you ask the question, you don't know the answer, but you don't set off with great expectation. You, you know, you're conscious of the limitations of this, but we did it. Unlike in crime fiction, however, where the heroes are often maverick cops who don't play by the rules and get their man by gut instinct and fancy fist work, the true heroes of real crimes are the ones who grind away at the dull stuff. We thought, where are the wholesalers? And there were 114 wholesalers and number 112 was a company called Pets Pyjamas in Merseyside. And they were one of the early companies doing internet orders. And the question was asked, have you sold any Armitage dog collars? Yes. Have you got any records of who you sold them to? Any private individuals? Yes. This case was solved by a mixture of forensic evidence and good old-fashioned police work. Hour upon hour of laborious detective work, ringing round pet shops, tracing the manufacturers and distributors of plastic bags, crossing names off lists until they finally had a suspect, a local man called John Taylor. Have you sold to anyone in the Leeds area? Yes, we've sold to a Mr John Taylor at Cockshoff Drive, and we have his telephone number and he bought six dog collars three months ago and he paid for them on a credit card. So we said thank you very much. He worked for Parsifals, obviously he had a job, held down a job. He was known as the pet man, he had over 30 pets in his house. But I suppose as well as liking pets, he was a hunter. You know, a previous girlfriend uh, recalled sort of going rabbiting with him in those woods, in Linley Woods. So he had empathy, but um, but he also liked to kill things. I think John Taylor is possibly one of the most disturbing killers we've investigated on this series because he's outwardly so completely and utterly normal. I mean, to look at him, you'd think he was just a typical man on the street, someone with a steady job, someone who loves animals and nature, someone who just doesn't seem capable of killing someone, let alone keeping their body in a freezer in his house for nine months. And even the reason he disposed of Leanne's body nine months after killing her is breathtaking in its sheer matter-of-factness. It wasn't an attempt to taunt the police at all. It was prompted by something much less dramatic, but nonetheless very disturbing. 
why did he take her out when he did and dispose of her body 20 miles away when he did, we'll never know the reason because he's never confessed to that part of the story. But the simple, the simple explanation we feel is freezer broke down because people who did go into that house told us that he used to have an upright freezer in there that suddenly disappeared. That sums this guy up. He's dangerous. He should never, ever, ever be released from prison, whatever age he is. You know, I would not want him living or operating anywhere you know, in the vicinity where I certainly was or anybody of my family was. This guy's dangerous. Leanne's family and friends lived through this and her family have got to live with this for the rest of their lives. The trauma, the suffering that this man is responsible for has destroyed their lives. Her mum worshipped the ground that Leanne walked on. Her dad, the loveliest, loveliest man, he was every hour of every day walking the streets, looking for her, putting posters up. They did everything they could in the time between her going missing and her body being found, never losing that belief that she was still possibly alive. And the suffering and the torment that they've endured is unimaginable. And they'll have to live with it forevermore. And you know, we can only do so much for loved ones because their heartache just goes on and on and on forever. And you know, we did what we possibly humanly could to support them, but you see that suffering and that, oh, that absolute pain in mum and dad's eyes every time you see them. And it's that pain that you, you, you know will never go away. This podcast is the accompaniment to the TV series Written in Blood, which airs on Sunday nights on CBS Reality at 10pm. Please feel free to tweet me any comments or questions you have at Simon Toyne, all lowercase, or one word, on Twitter. Please use the hashtag Written in Blood, all one word, or contact me on my Facebook author page, which is very easy to find because there aren't many Simon Toyne authors around. Please do contact me because it's always great to hear from you. In fact, a few people have contacted me already, uh, people who've experienced serious crime in their own lives and want to know more about how to investigate their own cases. Now, researching real crime stories is not an easy task, uh, but I'm going to talk a bit more about the ways you can go about it in a future podcast. In the meantime, we are looking at those cases that have been brought to light uh, to see what we can find out. And if we do find anything, we will uh, reveal our findings on this podcast. Next week, I visit rural Cheshire with the husband and wife team who co-write under the pen name RC Bridgestock. The podcast will be live following the programme, or you can hit subscribe right now to make sure you don't miss it. That's it from me, so thanks for listening. I'm Simon Toyne, and this has been the Written in Blood podcast. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.